Good afternoon. My name is Irene, and I will be your conference operator today. At this time, I would like to welcome everyone to the OLO third quarter 2023 earnings conference call. All lines have been placed on mute to prevent any background noise. After the speaker's remarks, there will be a question and answer session. If anyone should require operator assistance during the conference, please press star and then zero on your telephone keypad. As a reminder, this conference is being recorded. I would now like to turn the call over to Gareth Hughes, SVP Investor Relations. Please go ahead. Thank you. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to OLO's third quarter 2023 financial results conference call. Joining me today are Noah Glass, OLO's founder and CEO, and Peter Benavides, OLO's CFO. During this call, we will make forward-looking statements, including but not limited to statements regarding our expectations of our business, our industry, and our future financial results. These statements reflect our beliefs and assumptions only as of today and are subject to a variety of risks and uncertainties that could cause actual results to differ materially. For discussion of these material risks and uncertainties, please refer to our Form 10-Q that was filed today and our other SEC filings. Also during this call, we'll present both GAAP and non-GAAP financial measures. Reconciliations to the most directly comparable GAAP financial measures are available and our earnings releases, which are available on the Investor Relations page of our website. Finally, in terms of our prepared remarks or in response to your questions, we may offer incremental metrics. Please be advised that this additional detail may be one time in nature, and we may or may not provide an update in the future on these metrics. With that, I'll turn the call over to Noah. Thank you, Gary. Hi, everyone. Thank you for spending time with us today. In Q3, we continued to deliver on our 2023 financial and strategic goals. We generated strong quarterly results. We landed and expanded with both enterprise and emerging enterprise brands and drove innovation that helps our customers drive increased sales, operational efficiency, and superior guest experiences. Third quarter financial performance exceeded the high end of our revenue and bottom line guidance ranges, with total revenue increasing 22% year over year and non-GAAP operating margin expanding to 10%. Platform revenue grew 24% year over year, driven primarily by the consistent solid performance in our ordering module, the foundational component of the order suite, and by rapid growth in OLO pay. As our guidance for the fourth quarter reflects, we expect to build on our strong Q3 results. More importantly, the team's hard work this year sets us up to execute on our long-term goal, to be the platform that enables restaurant brands to harness the power of their guest data. With a scaled network that includes more than 600 brands, Olo is well-positioned to help brands power their digital orders and payments, capture the associated guest data, and convert these data into insights that can help brands drive more traffic. We ended the quarter with approximately 78,000 active locations, adding approximately 1,000 net new locations sequentially. Average revenue per unit, or ARPU, increased 33% year over year, and net revenue retention expanded for the fifth consecutive quarter to approximately 119%. The major customer trends in the quarter were consistent with what we've seen throughout this year. Pay is leading the expansion motion with enterprise brands, and we're winning more new business within the emerging enterprise segments. In enterprise, we became a strategic partner of fat brands, a large portfolio of casual, fast casual, and quick service concepts. We began our journey with fat brands with a few brand level relationships for order. Today, we have a parent level partnership with fat brands. 
that includes our order and pay suite, as well as borderless, our passwordless checkout feature coupled with pay. As part of this expanded relationship, Fatburger, a net new brand for Olo, deployed order and pay in the quarter. Additionally, Great American Cookies became the first fat brand concept to roll out borderless. It's an exciting evolution of our fat brands relationship that offers us expansion opportunities into their entire U.S. portfolio. Dave's Hot Chicken and Potbelly both launched OloPay, making Q3 the fifth consecutive quarter where an existing enterprise customer has expanded into our rapid growth payment solution. We're excited to share that Pay recently eclipsed $1 billion in cumulative gross payment volume, or GPV. Based on its year-to-date performance, Pay is on track to process more than $1 billion in GPV in calendar year 2023, which would be a 4x increase from calendar year 2022. Why is OloPay scaling so rapidly? Pay's performance metrics exceed key industry benchmarks, including authorization, fraud, and chargeback rates which helps decrease friction in the guest experience and increase efficiency and profitability in brand operations. When brands utilize Borderless, which is coupled with pay today, our research indicates they see higher order frequency from guests with Borderless accounts. Since its launch about five quarters ago, Borderless has scaled to more than 1 million total guest accounts created. It's an early milestone in our journey here, and we see an opportunity to make Borderless available to all of our customers. We believe this would be a win for guests, and it would help make Olo an even stronger partner to drive traffic for brands, which is more important than ever in our industry. I want to provide an update regarding our ongoing relationship with Wingstop, who's indicated an intent to transition from the platform when their contract expires at the end of Q1 2024. This customer represents less than 3% of total revenue and approximately 1,800 locations. We do not believe any change in this relationship would be material to our business. Still, we feel it's important to address this today, given their announcement last week. As our contracts are typically three years in duration, we have a regular cadence of renewal discussions. Most brands continue on with us, as reflected in our high gross retention rate that's exceeded 95% since our IPO. And many expand with us, as illustrated by our 119% net revenue retention rate this quarter. While we've seen a few instances of brands opting to build their own technology, we view these as outliers. Far more frequently, we see brands migrate from homegrown tech to Olo. We believe our SaaS platform offers economies of scale, lower total cost of ownership, and greater innovation than homegrown tech. We invest over $90 million annually to deliver enterprise-grade reliability and platform-level innovation where every customer benefits from new features and product enhancements. The industry is beginning to validate our strategy of leveraging transaction data to improve operations and personalize the guest experience to drive increased conversion and frequency. We've built a differentiated platform at scale, which we believe puts us in a unique position as data becomes increasingly vital to success in the restaurant industry. Turning to the emerging enterprise segment, which we define as brands with 5 to 99 locations, we continue to see strong multi-module adoption, including pay. In Q3, several new emerging enterprise brands deployed four or more modules, including Italy, Gold Star Chili, La Madeleine, Lou Malnati's, 
and Margaritaville restaurant. Italy deployed several OLA modules across its North American brick and mortar locations in Q3, with each location operating a virtual Italy Paninoteca as well. OLO is helping Italy meet its customers where they are, making it more convenient for customers to order from their favorite Italy spots. In the coming months, each location plans to add another virtual concept, Italy Cafe. And Engage is also demonstrating product market fit with emerging enterprises. In Q3, California Fish Grill deployed Engage's marketing, sentiment, and GDP modules. Our emerging enterprise segment represents brands with the ambition to scale, making Olo the ideal choice to serve their ordering, payment, and engagement needs. Dave's Hot Chicken is not only a new pay customer, they're the epitome of why we're focused on emerging enterprises. Dave started with Olo in 2020 as an order customer, when they were just shy of 80 locations. Since then, they've more than doubled their locations and expanded into additional modules. Today, they're a multi-module enterprise brand customer that relies on Olo to fuel their growth. This is our playbook for emerging enterprise. Serve their needs today and scale with them as they grow. As emerging enterprise brands tend to be more greenfield opportunities, our success in this part of the market can help drive both overall location counts and ARPU. An important part of serving our brands is providing continual innovation. And in Q3, we released several updates and new features across our three product suites. I'll review the highlights, and I encourage you to watch the latest release video on our website to learn more about how new features are helping brands increase their revenue streams and do more with less. In our order suite, we launched Catering Plus, a robust ordering engine that integrates seamlessly with a customer's existing mealtime ordering platforms and enables high-value guests to place orders using a line of credit extended by the brand. Catering is a high-value channel, generating about $350 in average order value, and it's roaring back post-pandemic. In Olo Pay, we added automated dispute response a feature that automatically responds to certain disputes that have not been addressed by our customers. Leveraging Olo's internal ordering data, this feature aims to boost chargeback responses and win rates while eliminating the need for manual intervention. It's just another way Olo helps our brands lower their cost of doing business. We also made progress toward our goal of expanding pay into card present processing. In Q3, we began processing card present transactions through a second kiosk partner. And in Q4, we expect to have card present live in all locations of an emerging enterprise fast casual brand. We have plenty of runway in card not present to support Pay's continued growth. As non-digital transactions account for more than 80% of restaurant transactions today, we expect card present to be an additional growth driver for Pay as brands cycle through their existing multi-year legacy payment processing relationships. And in our Engage suite, we enhanced the sentiment module to help resource-constrained marketing teams monitor and engage with guest feedback across rating and review platforms. With an intuitive user interface, more powerful reporting capabilities, and new AI tools that help marketing teams personalize and streamline their replies, sentiment is stronger than ever in helping brands foster loyalty win back unhappy guests, and turn review sites into reliable acquisition channels. Q3 
was another solid quarter of financial performance as we executed further on our 2023 priorities. We delivered top-line growth and operating leverage while investing in our go-to-market motion and product suites to position us for the long term. Pay is leading the charge on enterprise brand expansion, and we're establishing Olo as a winner for emerging enterprise restaurants with the ambition to scale. As the industry continues to move toward a data-centric approach to driving guest engagement and operational efficiencies, we believe our long-term competitive advantage increases with each quarter. I'll now turn the call over to Peter, who will review our third quarter financial performance and outlook. Peter? Thanks, Noah. Today, I'll review our third quarter results, as well as provide guidance for the fourth quarter in the full year 2023. In the third quarter, total revenue was $57.8 million, an increase of 22% year-over-year. Platform revenue in the third quarter was $57.3 million, an increase of 24% year-over-year. We saw growth across all three of our product suites, most notably Olopay, which is tracking ahead of our expectations. I'll provide more color on this momentarily. In terms of key metrics, ARPU for the third quarter was approximately $742, representing a 33% increase year-over-year and a 4% increase sequentially. Further growth in ARPU was driven by continued progress in driving the average number of modules adopted by our customer base, including higher ARPU solutions like Olopay, as well as the year-over-year impact of Subway's departure. The sequential improvement in ARPU was ahead of our expectations and reflects stronger-than-expected uptake of Olopay. Net revenue retention was approximately 119%, an increase of approximately 400 basis points sequentially. The ongoing strength in net revenue retention is being driven by ARPU growth as we successfully execute our cross-sell strategy as well as consistent strength and gross retention. And lastly, in terms of active locations, we added approximately 1,000 net new active locations to the platform sequentially, ending the quarter with approximately 78,000 active locations. This is modestly below our target for the quarter and was related to timing of go-lives. As we have discussed in the past, we can experience longer-than-expected implementation cycles due to customer resource constraints, which can impact the pacing of our new location deployments. We experienced this in Q3 and into Q4 with a large enterprise customer. As a result, excluding the impact of Subway, we now expect to add approximately 4,000 to 5,000 net new locations to our platform in 2023. For the remainder of the financial metrics disclosed, unless otherwise noted, I will be referencing non-GAAP financial measures. Gross profit for the third quarter was $38.8 million. This compares to $34.5 million a year ago. The year-over-year increase in gross profit was driven by continued growth in revenue, partially offset by processing costs associated with Olopay. We are making good progress scaling Olopay, which we expect will continue to become a larger part of our overall mix. Sales and marketing expense for the third quarter was $9.4 million, or 16% of total revenue. This compares to $6.2 million and 13% a year ago. We made significant investments in our go-to-market team over the past year to align to our product suites and cross-sell strategy. 
we expect sales and marketing expense to decline as a percentage of revenue over time. Research and development expense for the third quarter was $14.3 million, or 25% of total revenue, compared to $15.7 million, or 33% of total revenue a year ago. We continue to make meaningful R&D investments to support our growth initiatives, but at a more normalized level relative to a year ago when we were releasing Olopay, our borderless capabilities, and the Engage suite. General and administrative expense for the third quarter was $9.4 million, or 16% of total revenue. This compares to $9.7 million and 20% a year ago. We expect to continue leveraging G&A expense as we scale the business and identify additional efficiencies in this area. Operating income for the third quarter was $5.7 million, compared to $3 million a year ago. Operating margin was approximately 10% in Q3, as we generated operating leverage both sequentially and on a year-over-year basis. Net income in the third quarter was $7.6 million, or $0.04 per share, based on approximately $176.7 million fully diluted weighted average shares outstanding. Turning our attention to the balance sheet and cash flow statements, our cash, cash equivalents, and short and long-term investments total $397.6 million as of September 30th, 2023. Pursuant to the share repurchase program, which we announced in September 2022, in the third quarter, we repurchased 2 million shares for a total of approximately $13 million net of commission. Since the introduction of our share repurchase program, we have repurchased 8.8 million shares for $63 million. We have approximately $37 million remaining on our authorization. Regarding cash flows, net cash used in operating activities was $21.6 million in the quarter, as compared to net cash provided by operating activities of $3.3 million in the quarter a year ago. Free cash flow was negative $24.4 million compared to positive $1.4 million a year ago. The cash outflow impact for the quarter was primarily due to higher day sales outstanding for the period, due in part to a change in billing timing. We expect the day sales outstanding dynamic to reverse in the coming quarter, while the billing timing impacts to be one time in nature. I'll wrap up by providing our guidance for the fourth quarter and full year 2023. For the fourth quarter of 2023, we expect revenue in the range of $58.5 million and $59 million and non-GAAP operating income in the range of $6.2 million and $6.6 million. For the fiscal year 2023, we expect revenue in the range of $223.8 million and $224.3 million and non-GAAP operating income in the range of $17.6 million and $18 million. A few things to note as you consider our guidance. Olopay continues to be an impressive source of strength with customer adoption exceeding our expectations. As Noah mentioned, we are on track to exceed 1 billion in GPV in 2023. As a result, we are now increasing our Olopay revenue outlook for the full year to be in the mid $20 million range. This compares to our most recent outlook in the low 20 million and our expectation at the beginning of the year for mid to high teen million. The order and engage suites are tracking to our expectations and their revenue outlooks are unchanged. To wrap up, we delivered strong third quarter results 
on both the top and bottom line. Our strategic focus to expand our value proposition beyond digital ordering is working, increasing the value we deliver to customers and providing Olo a robust expansion opportunity. We are early in this process and believe we are well positioned to continue delivering an attractive combination of top and bottom line growth going forward. With that, I'd now like to turn it over to the operator to begin the Q&A session. Operator? Thank you. We will now be conducting a question and answer session. If you would like to ask a question, please raise a star and then one on a telephone keypad. A confirmation tone will indicate your line is in the question queue. You may press star and then two if you would like to remove your question from the queue. For participants using speaker equipment, it may be necessary to pick up your handset before pressing the star keys. The first question we have is from Stephen Sheldon of William Blair. Please go ahead. Hey, thanks for taking my questions. First, on the on the Wingstop loss, it sounds like they're moving to an in-house solution that they're rolling out in early 2024. Do you have visibility into other customers that are making tech investments like that? And what gives you the confidence that the general enterprise trend will be more toward outsourcing their tech stacks versus insourcing? Stephen, hey, this is Noah. Thank you for the question. Um, to answer the first part, we don't have visibility into any other customers that are contemplating a similar plan. With regard to Wingstop's intended plan, Look, we think this is the right strategy, but the wrong tactics. The right strategy in that every brand should be focused on getting to 100% digital, collecting and using data to increase conversion and frequency to drive traffic. But we think it's the wrong tactics in building homegrown software. That's very expensive. Wingstop has communicated that they have spent $50 million already, and that's just a down payment on a homegrown software platform. Olo spends $90 million annually to maintain our platform and to innovate to meet the needs of our customers and their guests. Holding aside that ongoing expense, if you think about 600 brands each paying $50 million, 600 brands that are on our platform today, that would be $30 billion. If you think about Olo revenue, that's under $300 million. So it's a 100 to one ratio. That is a case study in the economies of scale of a SaaS platform. That's not a belief, that's not even a judgment, that's just math. No matter what the scale is, SaaS is a more efficient way of going about this than homegrown. And that's why we don't take any enterprise brand out of our addressable market and we won't be satisfied until 100% of them are Olo customers. If you look at the trend since our IPO, the trend has been brands migrating from homegrown solutions over to Olo, and there have been 10 of those, more than 10, since the IPO. We mentioned in the prepared remarks 95% gross retention rate, and 100, that's since our IPO, and 119% net revenue retention this quarter. And that's really representative of restaurant brands validating that Olo is mission critical and leaning into doing more with Olo as they become digital first businesses. Got it. Yeah, that's helpful. Um, maybe switching gear. You know, you guys typically have good visibility into consumer behavior, especially on the digital ordering side. So, curious what you've been seeing in recent months related to consumer spending at restaurants. Anything notable to call out on propensity to spend, willingness to pay for the convenience of delivery, basket size, et cetera? 
we've been hearing a lot of conflicting data points on how trends are holding up. So just curious what you're seeing with any visibility you have. Yeah, I think that is in line with what we've heard that uh, restaurant guests are spending less, that the average order size is shrinking, that they're seeking value. And part of that is in response to menu price inflation, and part of that is in response to inflation and elevated costs in the form of elevated commodity costs, wage rates, et cetera. Um, I think the, the key thing is that as restaurants raise prices, there's a trade-off in traffic. It's just normal of uh, price and uh, supply and demand uh, dynamics at play there. And so, you know, our responsibility as the OLA platform is how do we help restaurant brands to drive traffic? And driving traffic, it's really all about meeting the needs of a restaurant's guests, improving conversion and improving frequency. And that's where the Engage Suite and a guest data platform that can really help a restaurant brand Focus, focus on its most valuable guests and get them to order more frequently has an outsized impact on traffic and enables a restaurant to do more with less in terms of labor and the cost of labor. So helping the restaurant become more efficient while improving the guest experience and making the guest journey more personalized is really the common thread across all of our solutions. And that's more important than ever in an industry that needs to drive traffic. Got it. Um, yeah, that, that's, uh, I appreciate that insight. And then just one last one, I guess, is just as we head into 2024, how are you guys thinking about the balance of pushing for top line growth versus letting profit ramp more? I know, I know you're not giving guidance yet, but just hope you can provide some high level thoughts there. Yeah, so I think that, you know, this is Peter here, as we think about planning around 2024, we think we're in a pretty good position to balance both attractive growth and profitability. And I think the you know, we've, we've been proving that out as we move throughout the year in terms of stabilizing in some quarters, re-accelerating growth at the same time, expanding uh, bottom line operate, operating margins. We did that this quarter with a slight re-acceleration of growth as well as a slight expansion and operating margins, and we think that we can, as we look ahead to 2024, uh, you know, provide something similar in the form of continued strength in, in both top-line growth as well as operating margin expansion. All right, thank you. The next question we have is from Matt Hedberg of RBC Capital Markets. Please go ahead. Great, guys, thanks for taking my question. Um, Noah, just one more for you on, on Wingstop. Just in terms of, you know, thinking about the cadence next year, how should we think about the timing of those locations and thus the revenue uh, rolling off next year? Um, hey, Matt, it, it's it's hard for us to say. We don't have the specifics of that. Um, what we are communicating is um, that the current contract ends at the end of March, um, so we don't have great visibility beyond that. Um, it, it's our you know, practice to have ongoing um, you know, contract conversations with the brand toward the end of the contract, and that, that's what we can have visibility on at this point. Um, I'll let Peter comment uh, if he can give more specifics around location and, and revenue impact um, as we see it. Yeah, so just to pile on there, Matt, so 
um, as, as Noah mentioned, the current contract ends at the end of Q1. Um, at this point, um, unclear in terms of what that means for the, the, the balance of, of 2024, the final three quarters. Um, but what we have shared in terms of, um, you know, relative uh, scale, you know, sub 3% from a, from a revenue standpoint in about 1,800 locations. So, you know, the more, as we get more information on what that means for 2024, we'll obviously share it with the group, but where we stand today, that's, you know, that's, that's what we know. Got it. Thanks. And then I guess for either of you, um, you know, what really stood out to me, obviously, the raise for the full year was was significantly more than the Q3 beat. And I think, you know, in your prepared remarks, you talked about sort of the guidance illustrating confidence in the business. I wonder if you could maybe be a little bit more prescriptive on what exactly is driving that, you know, fairly significant raise uh, into Q4. Is it pay? Is it just general ordering trends? Just maybe a little bit more help on on, on kind of the, the construct of, of the raise. Yeah, so I can take that one, Matt. It, it is pay. So what we uh, tried to get across in the prepared remarks is that when we look across the three suites, order engage, continue to pace, uh, you know, as planned. And a lot of the growth, or I should say the, the outperformance, is being driven by pay. And um, as we look ahead to the fourth quarter, you know, the beat this quarter being predominantly driven by pay and kind of fast forwarding that for, uh, forward for the fourth quarter, um, we have pretty good conviction in that continuing on through, through the balance of the year. So um, that's really what's driving the, the incremental raise for the fourth quarter. Got it. Thanks, guys. Congrats on the results. Thank Thanks, Matt. The next question we have is from Terry Tillman of True Securities. Please go ahead. Yeah, thanks for taking my questions. I, I hope it's two, but look, it may be two and a half questions. But uh, the first one is just on uh, card presence. Card presence. It seems like that's a, a big opportunity, some bigger opportunity to Tam White. Could that actually start showing up in the model meaningfully in the first half of 24 or second half of 24? And the second part of that first question is just in general, it's a bit of a hard question, but when do you think gross margins then start to stabilize from just the onslaught of pay and then add a follow-up? Yeah, so I could take the, those first uh, questions there, Terry. Um, so in terms of card present, what we've communicated is that the plan is to continue to develop that offering through the first half of next year and then hopefully um, be in market at some sometime in the second half of the year. Now, how that how quickly that shows up in revenue is is TBD right now. We're what we've communicated is from a revenue standpoint, it's more of a 2025 thing. But to the extent development timelines speed up, we'll obviously update the group on on that timing. And then in terms of gross margin uh, trends, I think what you've seen over the really throughout the course of this year is sequentially somewhere in the call it 150 to 200 basis point sequential decline in gross margin, which we view that as a positive, right? That That's telling us that Olopay is scaling really nicely, and, and that's that's what we want to see play out over time. Um, it's, our, it's our thinking that that will likely continue into 2024 as Card Not Present continues to scale, and then once Card Present starts to come into the fold, that will also help to, um, you know, further, further grow, grow gross profit dollars and take blended gross margins down. I think at some point we'll start to 
think are shifting to a gross profit dollar basis as card credit starts to come into the fold because that it's at that point that you'll start to see um, accelerating growth and gross profit as a function of card present um, starting to scale. Okay, got it. And then maybe Noah, my follow-up question is on the enterprise side, I don't know if it's an, an evolution or a change, but it definitely feels like you're all emphasizing, you know, the broader platform in particular, a low pay now gaining traction there. So what can you share with us just to get some comfort here in terms of the enterprise market? What ending are we in in terms of still being uh, a play for digital transformation to re replace legacy ordering solutions? Like how much more is there opportunity there? Is there still some brownfield opportunities or is it truly more at just attaching uh, OLPay and other uh, solutions to the current base? Thank you. Thanks, Terry. I, I think that there is still significant long-term location addition opportunity in the enterprise space, in that 100-plus unit segment of the market. Um, these are lumpier, of course. Um, these are, you know, this is a segment that we're uh, successful in. It's been our, our anchor. Um, there are more enterprises to go out there and win. We pointed to, to Fat Burger and the Fat Brands portfolio as an example of a win from this last quarter. Um, there's also the the top 25 brands, and we have four of those in Dairy Queen, Jack in the Box, Jimmy John's, Panda today. Um, we talk to these brands frequently. We think about them really as upside to our model, um, difficult for us to forecast. I think that where you see the predicted predictive sales machine is really in the emerging enterprise segment, and that's, again, uh, five to 99 location restaurant brands. That's where we're landing a lot of new brands, a lot of greenfields opportunities. We're landing the brands, the locations, many of which are coming on with multiple products, multiple suites, order and pay with Engage oftentimes. Um, so we think that is a really attractive part of the market. And just to clarify, this is not SMB, one to four unit restaurant brands that are going to stay one to four unit restaurant brands. These are the great enterprises of tomorrow, those brands that have the ambition to scale those brands that want to be like the sweet green of tomorrow. Um, so when we think about our long-term strategic plan, it's really about ARPU expansion as the primary growth driver, given the broader set of solutions that we now have. We can sell that back into the existing 78,000 restaurant base. We're leading with pay. Obviously, that's outperforming, as Peter has shared. Uh, specifically, we're following that with Engage, still early, early innings there. And then we're expanding into new channels over time. We think on-premise is very exciting for digital to penetrate. We think drive-through is very exciting for digital to penetrate. So overall, very early innings still. Thank you, Noah. Sure thing. The next question we have is from Gabriella Brooks of Goldman Sachs. Please go ahead. Hi, this is Max on for Gabriella. Thanks for taking our questions. Two questions from us. First is, uh, can we get an update on your Engage product suite? If, if you had to narrow it down, what functionality within Engage is currently having the most traction in your customers? And if you could share any data points on adoption of Engage, that would be helpful. Hey, Max. Uh, Noah here. So, uh, on Engage, I think the hero product, without a doubt, is the guest data platform, what is in a horizontal software referred to as customer data platform. We, as I've mentioned in the past, call it the guest data platform because that's how restaurants think about their customers as guests. That is the way that restaurants are able to 
really have a database that they're focused on growing, that they're focused on adding transactions to tied back to their guests and resolving to guest lifetime value. It's also what then drives the other capabilities of the engaged suite, marketing automation, which we've just embedded artificial intelligence assistance into um, to have script messages to get the right message to the right guest at the right time. Uh, an upgraded sentiments tool also that involves artificial intelligence and pulling in third-party review sites and surveys and additional touch points all hubbing into the guest data platform. But the goal of this is, again, to understand every guest and then to really target those guests who are the highest lifetime value guests. There's a Pareto principle where the top 20% of guests tend to drive 60% of the overall traffic at a restaurant. So increasing their traffic, increasing their order frequency has an outsized impact on the business. And that's really an evolution for restaurants to be able to focus more than just on loyalty or email marketing programs, but to think about capturing all of the guests that they see into their guest database and having a way to make every guest feel like a regular through a platform like the Engage platform. Yep, thanks, Noah. And how, how does the competitive environment change as you move down market? How are you approaching this market differently or the same versus what you're doing in the large enterprise segment? Um, well, interpreting that question as you know holistic in terms of the order, pay, and engage suites, because typically that is how we're going to market with emerging enterprise. You know, I'd say um, a lot of our focus in the past year has been scaling our go-to-market effort and having more demand generation and uh, assigning the emerging enterprise accounts out there in the market to an expanded go-to-market team, having solutions architects, having sales engineers, so that we can sell to a brand for a larger digital platform than just purely the digital ordering offering that the enterprise brands on the platform know us for. Emerging brands now are coming on with order and pay typically, and many of them are also coming on with engage. So telling that larger story to emerging enterprise brands that we're a digital platform that they can get started with now and grow and scale with over time is critically important to the way that we go to market and tell the OLO story to that emerging market segment. That's helpful. Thank you. Thank you. The next question we have is from Andrew Hart of BTIG. Please go ahead. Hey, uh, Noah and Peter, th thanks for the questions. Uh, you talked about that enterprise customer that slid into, four, into the fourth quarter. Is, is there any color you can share on what type of customer, you know, that looks like in terms of locations or ARPU, anything along those sides? And uh, I guess more generally, what does this new location pipeline look like? How would you characterize it today? Yeah, so in terms of um, size of organization, um, it's sort of a, call it in, in the high 100s, low 1000s range in terms of, of size and in terms of dynamics as to why it's pushing. Um, again, I think what we shared on the call is that um, kind of constraints at the brand's perspective. In this case, there's uh, a rollout that is being coupled with a POS rollout. So as, as POS installs are happening, they're also deploying the OLA platform. So that is being um, you know, staged in, in that manner. In terms of what this means for 2024, um, you know, where we are today, we feel pretty good in terms of 
having similar net location ads next year as to what we're pacing to this year, uh, even net of um, the Wingstop update. So, um, you know, to Noah's earlier point, plenty of market to go get out there, and, and the team is really fired up to go and, and deliver on that, and, and we feel really good entering 2024. Thanks. And then just follow up, you know, at a billion dollars of GMV this year, I guess if you're, the entire platform is doing $23 billion, it's a little under 5% penetrated on Olopay. Kind of where do you see, you know, that cadence going towards in 2024 and beyond? Yeah, you know, we, I actually think about it a little bit differently, which is, um, you know, if you think about the $23 billion of GMV that we quoted last year uh, being processed over the platform, and you assume that all well, 15% of transactions industry-wide are digital, that means as card present comes to market, we actually have a uh, call it 6x opportunity just within the install base, which takes that 23 billion somewhere north of 150 billion in terms of just uh, GMV within the existing all install base once we have a 360 payment solution available. So by comparing that, comparing the billion dollars, which we're, you know, we're really proud of, it's a, it's a great milestone as compared to call it the 150 billion of GMV just within the existing install base, we are less than 1% penetrated uh, against that opportunity. And of course, as we add more locations to the platform that will build upon that 150 billion plus of GMV. So it's still really, really early um, in the overall, you know, adoption curve and opportunity for Olopay, making great progress along the way, but but still really early and a, and a huge opportunity for us to uh, to continue to grow uh, GPV and, and in turn uh, grow revenue and, and operating profit. Andrew, if I could add on to that, I think one of the things that we're really excited about when it comes to the card presence opportunity for those on-premise transactions is again back to harvesting guest data and doing something that other card present payment processors can't do because they're not connected into the point of sale to pull ingredient level data back into a guest data platform in the way that Olo is set up to do. That's some of the secret sauce of Olo Pay card not presence, addressing those off-premise transactions primarily that we address today. Restaurant brands love that. We're, we're you know, fantastic at the basics of uh, authorization rate, fraud prevention, and chargeback, et cetera but also having that connection back to the data platform and being able to harvest that guest data so that you can tie every transaction, whether it's off-premise or on, back to that same guest account is really the secret sauce and why we think Olopay is so compelling for card not present and card present transactions and why the card not present success that we've had is a great calling card and launch pad for us to go and get that card present business as well, which as Peter noted is six times the, the opportunity of card not present by itself. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, operator, we have time for one more question, please. Thank you. The last question we have is from Clark Jeffries of Piper Sandler. Please go ahead. Hello, uh, uh, Noah, Peter. Uh, thank you for taking the question. Um, you know, first question is, you know, good to see the retention rates continue to improve sequentially. I wanted to ask, you know, we've had these cross currents about um, data points on check sizes and trends in the industry. Um, 
wondering if we can take the proxy of improving, you know, retention rates as a proxy of in, of improving digital ordering growth. And I know pay is in there, so I, I wanted to ask, you know, are you seeing digital ordering growth uh, hold stable or improve from quarter to quarter? Uh, what does that look like kind of um, under the covers compared to maybe what, what might be happening in spending volumes overall? Yeah, so I, I can take that one. I, I'd say that the sequential growth in NRR is predominantly being driven by multi-module adoption, in particular pay. And then to a lesser extent, um, what I would say is the durability or stability in digital ordering. Typically, Q3 is a slightly higher quarter for ordering as compared to Q2, just as you kind of migrate into the more you know, into the colder, uh, colder months. So we tend to see slightly higher order volumes in the third quarter as compared to the second quarter, which which was the case. But as I think about that in contrast to multi-module adoption and pay ado adoption, that that really is the you know the big driver in um, in the continued progress we're seeing in NRR. All right, perfect, very helpful. And then uh, the second thing is just reflecting on. Um, pay as as strategy and, and it seems like a lot of the commentary around emerging enterprise seems like you might be entering a phase where you could see emerging enterprises have uh, off-premise and on-premise payment processing that could put them at a much higher multiplier than say a, a large QSR that might be only taking uh, rails or ordering and so th the question is really when you think about the locations or the brands being added do you have some emerging enterprises that have eclipsed some of your large QSRs just in terms of those module adoptions? And um, when we think about the business going forward, you know, are you reshaping how um, the revenue is composed based off of those factors? It, it's a great question, Clark. And I, I would say internally something that we have been thinking through as a management team as well. And what I mean by that is, when you know as we have solutions for both card not present and card present processing um, it somewhat changes the way we think about um, acv or arr on a brand level basis it may give um, more emphasis to an emerging enterprise brand for example that does really high volumes and has really high uh, gmv collectively as a brand more so than their enterprise counterpart that may have more locations, but in aggregate does less GMV. Um, so I'd say um, it's certainly something that we're thinking about. Certainly, as card presence starts to uh, enter, you know, enter the market, um, just that shift in mindset to say it's really about GMV and going after the largest pools of GMV, not necessarily um, the which may not necessarily correlate to the brands with the highest location count. Appreciate it, Peter. Thank you very much. There are no further questions at this time. I would like to turn the floor back over to Noah Glass for his closing comments. Okay, well, thank you again for joining us today. We're honored to be a mission critical platform for the restaurant industry and to serve as the engine of hospitality helping restaurants drive sales, do more with less, and make every guest feel like a regular. 
Thank you, Team Olo, for your hard work and execution in Q3. We have miles to go before we sleep. That concludes today's conference. Thank you for joining us. You may now disconnect your line.